Hey friends, welcome back to the Journal Feed. My name is Nick Zelt, and this is where we spoon-feed you the latest and greatest of emergency medicine to try to help you all keep up on the literature. So, what are we going to cover from this week? First off, why write an article when you could get ChatGPT to do it? Then, essentially every trauma patient passes through the emergency department. Should we be intubating them on their way through? After that, we make up for that hyperacute T-wave article we covered a few weeks ago with a better characterization of hyperacute T-waves. Then from the fourth article, steroids for community-acquired pneumonia, the Cape Cod RCT. And then finally, we see a reanalysis of the ALPS trial, which antiarrhythmic is best for OCA. Now, if you are hearing this right now, then you are not currently a Journal Feed subscriber, and so you will not be receiving the full Journal Feed podcast, only getting a portion of the past week's articles. Don't worry, all good articles. But if you would like to get full access to both the podcast and the blog, then you'll have to become a member. All the details for that are at journalfeed.org. And recall that we don't ever want money to be a barrier to better patient care. So if you're having any trouble affording a subscription, just reach out and we can help you out. Now, this is the audio version of the past week summaries, which this week were written by our authors, Gabby Leonard, Andy Hogan, Clark Strunk, Sam Parnell, Amanda Matthews, and Clay Smith. So let's get into the first article titled, Can Artificial Intelligence Help with Scientific Writing? Out of the Journal of Critical Care. Now, ever wonder why an article is only published years and years after the data was collected? Well, you know, it's probably because no one wanted to write the paper, sometimes at least. How can we avoid losing motivation to write papers? It's actually quite simple. Have the articles written for us. Why not get ChatGPT to do it? Now, if you've been living under a rock, then I can tell you that ChatGPT is an artificial intelligence software that's pretty, I mean, it's pretty surprisingly good at doing whatever you ask of it. The world is still struggling on how to deal with the sudden appearance of what seems like pretty competent artificial intelligence. Now, we, of course, want to know how is this going to affect emergency medicine or medicine at large. ChatGPT recycles things that it finds on the internet through language processing software to generate answers that are pretty well completely novel. Now, it doesn't necessarily generate new ideas, but it certainly can organize information in a way that you might not have thought of before. It's still early times for artificial intelligence, but I can certainly imagine a future where you might ask ChatGPT to do something like, I don't know, prepare a take-home handout for your patient that explains their condition calibrated for their education level. In fact, you know what? I, I quite like that idea, so let's give it a try. I asked ChatGPT to explain what a pulmonary embolism is at a university level, and it replied, a pulmonary embolism is a potentially life-threatening condition where a blood clot or other material travels to the lungs and blocks blood flow. This can result in symptoms ranging from shortness of breath to cardiac arrest and requires prompt diagnosis and treatment. I then asked ChatGBT to do the same thing but at a high school level. And this time it said that a PE is when a blood clot or other substance blocks the blood vessels in the lungs, which can make it hard to breathe and cause chest pain. It is a serious condition that requires medical attention right away. What about at the elementary school level? A PE is a blockage in the blood vessels in the lungs that can make it difficult to breathe and cause chest pain. It is a serious condition that needs to be treated by doctors. And then what about if they're a toddler? APE is when something blocks the blood from going to your lungs and makes you very sick. It's like when your nose gets blocked, but in your body. 
Can you hear the subtle changes in language between each of those answers? It's very interesting. I think it does a pretty good job, actually. Now, other potential uses for artificial intelligence identified in the Target article, which is what we're supposed to be talking about and not my own ruminations, were things like monitoring patients' vitals, lab results, and responses to treatment in the ICU, where we've got them all hooked up to everything. The design and adherence of to notifications around patient-centered protocols. Writing your notes and discharge summaries, of course, and then conquering language barriers as well. Now, as things stand, AI is a useful tool, but it still definitely needs some proofreading before anything it generates is ready for the prime time. That said, it can certainly generate a useful first draft of a number of things. In a spoonful, artificial intelligence will eventually be part of your day-to-day, likely in your regular life before your job life, but eventually either way. Okay, let's jump over to the fourth article, titled Hydrocortisone in Severe Community Acquired Pneumonia out of the New England Journal of Medicine. Pneumonia is probably one of the most classic diagnoses of all time, which makes sense since community-acquired pneumonia is one of the leading causes of infectious death in the U.S. As we've seen with COVID, steroids can be helpful for severe infections turned systemic. For community-acquired pneumonia, though, the data has mostly been pretty mixed. When that's the case, we don't need more retrospective studies and low-quality data. What we need are RCTs, and this is what we have, the Cape Cod RCT, which wasn't done in Cape Cod. It was actually done in France at 31 centers. Adult patients were included who had severe community-acquired pneumonia, who were admitted to the ICU for the need of invasive or non-invasive mechanical ventilation, high-flow nasal cannula, non-rebreather mask, or a pulmonary severity score over 130. Now, patients with septic shock influenza or do not intubate orders were excluded. Nearly 800 patients were randomized within 24 hours of their diagnosis to receive 200 milligrams of hydrocortisone IV daily for four days. Then, depending on their clinical course, would continue that hydrocortisone to either 8 or 14 days, depending on how things were going. The placebo group got, well, placebo. Now, here's what's happened. 6% of the steroid group died by 28 days, compared with 12% in the placebo arm. This was actually quite obviously significant. Death by 90 days was also lower, as were rates of intubation and need for vasopressors in the patients who were treated with steroids. If that wasn't good enough, then there was also no major safety outcome differences like hospital-acquired infections or GI bleeding. The only thing was that the steroids group received more insulin, which was likely directly due to the steroids themselves, so I think it's pretty forgivable. Okay, now if this was the only piece of data out there, then it would certainly be a slam dunk, but it's not. I'll be interested to see how this is incorporated into meta-analysis data in the future. Keep an eye out for potential guideline changes at some point. In a spoonful, this large RCT from France was frankly positive for the benefits of steroids and community-acquired pneumonia significantly decreasing 28-day mortality. All right, that's it. Let's do a wrap-up. Let's just cover the main points of everything we've talked about. From the first article, artificial intelligence is just starting its era. I personally look forward to the potential. From the fourth article, the Cape Cod RCT might be one to remember. It showed a significant decrease in mortality when steroids were administered to severe community-acquired pneumonia patients. And that's it. Links to all the articles summarized can be found at journalfeed.org, where the newsletter is the best way to make the podcast into a bite-sized nugget of space repetition. Now, if you're feeling like you're missing out, you'd like to hear more podcasts, you'd like to get the whole blog, then come and join us in the members feed. 
Our goal here is for you to read less, learn more, and save lives. One spoonful at a time. Thank you.